Well, good morning again, and um, I'm just trying to get my notes ready. Here we go. Um, hopefully, um, uh, mm, beautiful song, choir. That was that was great. God has been good um, to, to us, and God's been good to our church, and I'm just um, so thankful and blessed to be a part here. Um, like I said earlier, um, previously we, uh, we just got back from camp, um, and so it was a great time, and I, I'm going to speak a little bit about it, but not just a whole lot, because uh, I do want to give, uh, hopefully in the very near future, next couple weeks or so, give the youth and the children time to also speak about their experiences, and I don't want to get, you know, on too many of the individual things that everyone did and got to do and experience. So, um, and so, but I, I do want to mention some things, and um, and so I'm, um, I'm just, mm, God has God has been good. So we left uh, going to camp last Saturday. Uh, we left early in about eight o'clock in the morning, and Anna and I we uh, we loaded up four, you know, great, sweet little kiddos, and uh, we went to Scuba, Mississippi, to Ichthus Church Camp, and uh, I didn't even, never even heard of this place. I mean, I've heard of Scuba and heard of the college, but I didn't hear of the actual camp until I got here, and um, I'm, uh, I'm not a big planner. Like, I, I, I don't, you know, look, you know, I'm not like this organized person where I plan, you know, a year in the future, but, you know, Things that are unknown to me, I, I get nervous about. And I was anxious. I was nervous about going to this camp. I'd never heard of it. I didn't know anything about it. And so, you know, I, you know the day before, I called, you know, Tim Gasway. I talked, you know, he, he'd been several times. And so I got his input on it. I talked to, you know, several people that had been before that I knew wouldn't hear. And so, um, but, but I don't know what I was worried about. It was a great, great, great time. And um, I just wanted to, first off, say thank you for supporting us in prayer and and I know the, the kids had a great, great time. The youth had a great time. And, and uh, um, hopefully, like I said, over the next couple of weeks, maybe they can share a little about it, about it too. But what, one thing before I kind of get started um, um, in the scripture, I, I want to you know, also say that the camp, it was different in a lot of ways, mainly because it also allowed me to grow you know, uh, more than other ones. So in the past, I've, 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 I've attended camp since I was in the sixth grade. And so a lot of the times the counselors and the adults are constantly having to monitor and constantly having to, um, you know, work and, and do things. But there were any hours of the day for this camp where I was able to sit down with people my age and also older gentlemen, older women, and allow them to also pour into me. And so uh, it, it was very beneficial to me, and it, I just had a great, great time. And, and I'm also working on a PowerPoint to put together. Uh, I took a lot of pictures, Anna took a lot of pictures, and I think that the, the church Facebook page has also been sharing some stuff from Ichthus, and so uh, hopefully you can see those on Facebook. It's been a really, really good time, and, um, and hopefully uh, maybe you at least visually sharing what the young people were doing. And uh, all the kids behaved great. You know, um, we took nine all together, and uh, there was only one person that did not act their age, and that was Anna, all right? All right, Anna did not, uh, no, but... I'm joking, of course, but, but in the way it wasn't because she was, she was a great, great help. And, you know, she told me that, you know, that she loved going to camp. And, um, 
and, uh, and, and I do too. And, and if you can, I mean, I want to encourage you. I, I know it's, it's a long week. It's a long couple of days. But, but if you can, in the future, attend one of these things. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's just uh, it's, it's, it's a great, great time. And um, this morning, I want to kind of share with you a couple of things that we talked about at camp. And so if you have your Bibles, please open with me to the New Testament, to the book of Romans. The book of Romans, chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. And I'll talk a little bit more about camp here and there over the next few minutes. Um, and so, um, I, I do want to get into a couple things. I think that uh, based off what I saw at camp and what I learned, I think that it can be great for us to hear as a group together. Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 21. Verse 21, I'm reading out of the Holman Christian Standard Version, so if it's a little different than yours, it's okay. Just follow along. In verse 21, it says this, But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, God presented him as an atoning sacrifice in his blood, received through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed and God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be righteous and declare righteous the one who has faith in Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much, Lord, for this, um, this opportunity to, to speak in front of your church. God, I, I just I want to thank you for what you did at camp, Lord, what you're doing here back home. And I pray, Lord, that as we look at this, this passage and other passages in your, in your word, I pray, Lord, that you just allow us to see the truths and the grace behind it. Lord, just how good you truly are. God, I love you so much. You just know to pray. Amen. So in the book of Romans, starting in chapter 1, Paul begins to kind of develop this theme. All right, And starting in verse 17 in chapter 1, go back a page or two, it says this. In Romans 1.17, it says this. I'll tell you, let's start in verse 16 because that's as a, as a continuation. Verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, also to the Greek. Then verse 17 says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, just as it's written, the righteous will live by faith. So Paul, he introduces the righteousness of God. It actually appears over 30 times in the book of Romans. That's, that's the clear theme throughout this book and he emphasizes that only God only him only he only the creator the sustainer of the world is inherently good inherently righteous and that's not just in Romans it's a truth that Paul saw growing up learning he was a you know he was he was a well-educated man he knew the old testament front and back he knew the law and so that concept, this truth of, of righteousness, God being holy, God being righteous, it's a truth that you know is found all throughout our Bible. I mean, you look at Deuteronomy 32.4, it says this, God, the rock, 
His work is perfect always. His, sorry, all his ways are just. He's a faithful God without bias. He is righteous and true. Then over in Psalm, David, in the, uh, in the 11th Psalm, he writes this in verse 7, For the Lord is righteous. He loves the righteous thee. The upright will see his face. And then again in Psalm 116, chapter 5, 116, verse 5, excuse me, the writer says this, The Lord is gracious, gracious and righteous. Our God is compassionate. The New Testament, I could do this all day. We know John 17, 25, John describes him as being a righteous father. And then again in Revelation, just John again in verse 5, he says this. 16 verse 5, right? it says, I heard the angel of the water saying, You are righteous, the Holy One who is and who was, because you have passed judgment on these things. God is a righteous God. And from the moment that we stepped foot on campus, from the moment that we got off the bus, that was drilled into us in devotion time. It was drilled into us during the services. It was drilled into us during quiet time. And that was the clear theme that they wanted to introduce at camp, was that God was righteous. He is holy. And so from the time they got there, from the time they got back yesterday, that's what was being taught in our our, our, our kids and our youth, they needed to know that, and hopefully you all know it too, but if you don't understand this, is that we are not righteous. We are dirty, wretched sinners in need of a perfect, righteous God. One of the counselors during uh, testimony night, that was on Friday night, it was a time where uh, you know, some of our youth actually stepped up in front of over 100 students gave their testimony. One of the counselors also gave his, and in it he said this, and, and it went along with what I'm saying now, and he opened up by saying this. He said, I am nothing special. Romans 3, starting in verse 9, it says this. It says, What then are we better off? Not at all, for we have already charged that both the Jews and Gentiles are under sin. As it's written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. All alike have become worthless. There is no one who does what's good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They deceive in their tongues. The viper's venom is under their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and wretchedness are in their paths, and the paths of peace they have not known. And there is no fear of God before their eyes. And so the students also were taught that because we are separated from God at birth because of sin, we are not righteous. We are not inherently good. Now, by human standards, there are great people on this planet. I mean, you know, Miss Flo was a great person. But she needed Jesus. Billy Graham was a great speaker, great evangelist, but he needed Jesus. Verse 19 says, Now we speak then whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are subject to the law, so that every mouth may be shut 
then the whole world may become subject to God's judgment for no one will be justified in his sight by the works of the law because of the knowledge of sin that comes through the law. Then after all that, the campers were introduced this. But now, verse 21, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed. Verse 22 says the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. In faith alone, in Christ alone, we are saved. That's the motto of Bithu's camp. That's what our kids learned. They learned that Jesus and Jesus alone is the way to the Father. So this morning, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in what he's done? Um, I've, over the past few years, you know, Katie and I have moved to different places. We've, um, I've taught at four different schools starting number four in about a month. And, you know, experiencing a pandemic and moving and unpacking and moving and unpacking, doing all that. You know, I, I was discouraged at times, not necessarily with the moving aspect, but whenever I would look and I would see people who, you know, at all these different places, I mean, we, we, we traveled a lot. You know, we, we, we kept the roads hot between here and Jackson, you know, for, for about a year, you know. And so... I would see people everywhere I went, and especially during the pandemic we've been going through, it's been really discouraging seeing people that do not know Christ and honestly don't care about knowing Christ. Or maybe seeing people who grew up in the church and then leaving it once they get older. Maybe not having time for it. You know, and COVID has not helped at all with that. And and I've been really, really, I'm just discouraged. I guess that's the right word for it. Because I looked and I saw with my human eyes people young and old who don't know or just don't care about the gospel. And, you know, I'm the youth pastor here, but I'm I'm here to serve and minister to everyone, not just the youth. And so so I, I look and I see people, and it breaks my heart. And I was not alone in, in this thought. Uh, you know, I told you that there, there were times whenever I was being ministered unto at camp, there were people my age, there were people older than me that, that talked, and we talked, and we, we opened God's Word and read and studied together. And I, I was not alone in this. In fact, there was, um, there was an older gentleman, and uh, he told me this. I wrote it down. He said, he says, I'm discouraged too, but, he said, but, the ones who are staying in church, the ones that are still here, appear to be growing more than ever. And he sees, what he, after his long experiences, he thinks that God seems to be blessing them and preparing them for something great. And in my discouragement, God reminded me who he is. God is good, God loves us, and he wants to use us. And I'm so glad that this church is wanting to be used. I'm glad that we want to do God's work, because there are people who don't. So, you know, this this past week, it, it, it has been great for that, because I'm now encouraged. 
because for the past year, year and a half, I, all, I was, all I saw was people who did not want that. And then this past week, at Camp Ichthus in Scuba, Mississippi, I mean, just to kind of give you an example, they, they had the most senior camp students, which is 7th grade through 12th grade, they've ever had or at least can remember having. They had well over 100 plus 7th through 12th grade students attend the camp. Then before that, they had 50-plus junior campers, so kids attending the camp. They had over 50 workers, including counselors, uh, mentors, uh, and and Bible study leaders. So 200-plus total people took the time out of their busy schedule in in the heat of summer during a pandemic to go worship Christ together. That is encouraging Guys, God is doing something in our young people. So please, if, if you were like me, do not be discouraged. God is moving in our young people's lives. I'm, I'm, I'm begging you, do not miss it. Do not miss it. Our kids, our youth, they are hungry for the word of God. I've witnessed it this week, not just here, but across the state. There is a need, but oh, there's also a want from our young people to know more. I witnessed it I mean, during devotions. I, I, had, I had high school boys, high school football players, high, I mean, big old, bigger than me, breaking down crying because their families don't go to church and they don't know God. I, I saw little tiny humans in second grade doing quiet time across the campus of East Mississippi Community College for over 30 minutes not wanting to get up, wanting to know more. Testimony night, I mentioned it a second ago, kids went up there for almost three hours. We started at 7, we ended just after 10 o'clock. I mean, the kids in our state, the kids here, our youth, want to know Jesus more. So are we leading by example? Are you pursuing after Christ? Do your kids, do your grandkids see you reading God's word? Do they see you praying? Have you told them how important it is to study God's word or or how important it is to pray? A a close friend recently was telling me a story about how now they they, they understand how important it is. They're they're close to my age and and, and they they know how important it is to study God's word and they've been growing over the past several years. But nearly in tears, they told me that they wish their parents would have told them, who were also Christians, who were in church, wish they told them at a younger age how important it was to study God's word, not just to show up on Sundays and check off, okay, I went to church, but to actually dive in. Church, our kids want to know more. Are we doing that? Are we showing them by example? They want Jesus and their good kids. We have great kids here at church. Uh, Belmont has, you know, I, I think, the best kids around in the whole county. I've, I've been to several churches. I think, obviously, I'm biased, but ours is the best. I, I know they are. But, but they're good kids, and, and I can prove it. 
And if you want to know how good your students have been, we took nine kids in youth, so we took four kids, and we took five youth to Camp Ichthus. There were 150 total students plus, give or take, maybe five or ten. Six out of our nine that we took were nominated to be Camper of the Year based on what they did at camp and how much they grew in their faith. Our kids want to know, and they are wanting to know more, and they are learning more. That should be encouraging to you that we have young people here who are wanting to know more about Christ. It's encouraging to me, especially after my discouragement over the past year and a half or so, seeing the opposite of that. But I come here and I see a, a family. This is what we are. We're a family. We're the family of God, and our children want to know more. Our adults want to know more, but I'm asking you right now, are we doing everything we can to encourage them and show them how to do it, how important it is to read the Bible? Kids have got to know how important it is to do, and and I think that there are times, there are times churches across our country and, you you know, children's and youth directors across the country that, that will not maybe try to break the surface. That, like, they, they won't try to dive deep with the, with the kids and the youth. And, and I, I think that there are a couple possible reasons for that. I, maybe, it's, um, maybe it's they don't want to go over their level of understanding. I don't know. Maybe they don't want to you know, you know, give up 10 minutes of game time to, you know, to keep the numbers up. I don't know. I mean, I, I understand that that, that, that that babes in Christ need milk. But eventually we, we have to start getting into the meat of God's word too. We have to, we have to understand that, that, that these, these people want to learn and they can. They can read the Bible. They can understand the Bible. They can understand truth. They understand grace. Quick story from camp, then we'll move on again. Um, the, I, can't, I think it's uh, Brother Daniel Thompson, I believe is his name. He's the pastor, I think, if I'm not mistaken, of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Starkville. I, I'm pretty sure that's his name. Uh, and so he, uh, he came and he spoke one night during the kids' camp. And uh, his son was attending the camp, too, and, and uh, he was going to attempt to show in a, in a you know, in a, I guess physical way or or in a in a visual way what grace was and so he called his son up and he had him stand beside him over here and his name was Josh and he said so Josh loaned me money about a week ago and I waited till now to give it back to him so I could show you this example and so he says all right Josh I'm giving you your five dollars back is that grace and the camper said no because he was simply repaying him what he owed. He says, okay, good. Then he uh, said, I, I want to volunteer. And a little girl raised her hand on the front row, and he brought her up. And um, he said, all right, um, do I know you? No, you don't know me. Um, have you done anything for me? And she said, no, I haven't. Um, have you been bad today? She said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he said, so if I gave you $5, do you deserve it? And she said, no, I don't deserve it. 
But he, and then he said, if I gave it to you, would you take it? And after a little bit of encouragement, she took the $5. Understanding grace, kids can do that. After the service, the little girl got up, went back to him and said, I don't deserve the money. By the way, the little girl was Sarah, Sarah Beth Long. My niece understands grace. She said, I don't deserve this money, so she gave it back to him. Church, if, if they can go to school and learn science and history and math, they can learn the word of God. They can understand that the Bible and the gospel is alive. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, every promise of God's word belongs to those who have the faith to grasp it. We are called to grow. We are called to walk in the truth and the light. And it's only going to get darker. It's only going to get more difficult to do that. As, 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 as time passes on, it's going to get more difficult to do that. And we have to make sure that we're training them up to encourage and let them know that this is important. This, this is not just a book. It's alive. It has power. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all Scripture is God-breathed out. The Greek word, theopneustos, to it means to breathe out. From Genesis to Revelation, this book is alive. It's the breath of God. It has power. They need to know how important it is to know it and to study it and apply it to their life. Do you understand how important it is to study it, learn it, and apply it to your life? It's time for the church to rise up. There's a, there's a great need for Jesus Christ. There's a great need for Jesus. Are you willing to put the time in? Are you willing to put the effort in to grow? Parents, Guardians, grandparents, please, I'm urging you, keep leading your children. It's working. Children, youth, if you're awake, listen to me for a second. Understand, you're not the future church. You're the church now. Rise up, proclaim Jesus. Make time for him and grow. Verse 23 in chapter 3 says this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace. The redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented him as an atoning sacrifice in his blood received through faith. To, demonstra to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be righteous and declare righteous the one who has faith in Jesus. We sang this song a second ago. Oh, that's what even part of the preparation. O mighty cross, love lifted high, the Lord of life raised there to die. What throne of grace he knew no sin, yet took my place. 
O mighty cross of Christ so pure, love held him there, such shame endured. O mighty cross, my soul's release, the stripes he bore have brought me peace. His sacrifice on Calvary has made the mighty cross the tree of life to me. Do you know Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? This passage says that he bled and he died on my cross. Paul makes it evidently clear that that should have been me hanging on that cross. Not the precious Savior of the world, me. When we believe in him, he makes and declares us righteous, church. God is making us new. And sometimes Christians have the audacity to, te- to, to not take him serious and to not grow and to not tell their kids what to do and, and not to walk in the light of the Lord. This morning, I want you to look, man, I'm telling myself the same thing, but look, look at your life. Do you believe in Jesus? Are you leading your family to Jesus? Because there's a hunger in your kids and in your youth. Are you taking the time to grow? Are we doing what we need to do? If we are, great, and let's keep on going. If we're not, church, I'm, I'm, I'm urging you, I'm begging you, to begin because Jesus is calling us to grow and to go because truly the fields are white and it's ready and I, I just don't know how much longer it's going to be until he comes back. He bled and died for you and for me. He declares us righteous, filthy sinners. Do you know him? If not, I urge you to. I urge you to believe on Jesus Christ. And if you do, keep teaching your kids to love Jesus. Keep teaching your youth. Show them what it's like to walk in Christ because he is making us righteous. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for um, allowing me and my In my frail mind, Lord, to try to comprehend your grace, Lord, I don't deserve to be up here, God. I'm, I'm, I'm a dirty sinner, Lord. I don't deserve anything, but Lord, you've graciously given me life. And I pray, Lord, that if anything, I can be an encouragement to others, Lord, to, to, to show what we need to be doing that most of us are doing. And I pray, Lord, that if there's someone here who's not doing that, if they're not encouraging, if they're not, if they're not showing their families, or if they're not walking with you, I pray, Lord, that they do that now. I love you so much, Father. Thank you for blessing us here at First Baptist. I thank you, Lord, for your grace. Lord, and please stay with us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.